right. Good. I need to plug in the mic. <laughs> that was uh, the missing piece. Did you realize that? that I usually... came over and plugged it in. <laughs> I looked down. It usually and works. Like, fuck, like it's plugged in. I go, nope, it's not. <laughs> Step one, make sure it's plugged in. So it's up. It's one of my rules of life. Not much. How Not much? Yeah. Uh, I, I was having internet issues for a second, but I think I'm Jesus. back. Jesus. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right, um, everybody's moving slow mo for a minute. How was the uh, long weekend? Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Mo's vacation ended on Monday, so. Oh yeah, it was oh. vacation week. It was vacation week for Mo. Oh, you got to be depressed right now. Yeah, I can't <laughs> hear you guys. At all? Really? Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I, I thought for sure with uh, everyone being at their home bases, it would have been a good good Wi-Fi day, but I guess not. I'm just going to tell them to jump off and on. Well, what did you do? I, I saw you and Erica had like a picnic of sorts or maybe no, we, we actually We actually did the same thing uh, we did last year. We went out to a winery uh, in a town called Salina, which is like half hour northwest of us. Okay. In the middle of absolutely nowhere. Oh shit! Like as back country, like it's not far from me, but like you know, I'm pretty much at the northern part of you know Greater Dallas, if you want to call it that. Right. So everything right. above me is just like nothing. It's like <laughs> just straight fucking farmlands, like dirt roads. It was funny. But That's they cool. Just had like a yeah, they had like a. You know, a hick band plan, terrible country music, but it was cool. It fit the vibe. Was there a banjo involved? No, it was actually a, <sighs> the guy in the sax, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah, for their country jam. Well, it's a little strange, but you know, Ty loves some sax. I, was I didn't like it. I didn't. Ty's like a it. big sax guy. No, I didn't like it. No, it was <laughs> he only likes him. He's wearing tight white pants and a tank top. Yeah, <laughs> if you look like that guy, I'm in. This guy was like 75 and looked like he was going <laughs> to keel over any second. Yeah, not quite the same charisma on stage. No. Plus, Ty, what did, Miami was fire. What did you guys do for Fourth of July when like you were at home like with the family? Not even like in the last couple years, but like years ago, like when you were still uh, at home. Like, what were your Fourth of July plans generally? Usually, like nothing much with my immediate family. We would all kind of go and do our own things. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so I would, when I was younger, younger, like I would go to La Costa's and then we, we would be able to walk to the pond from there uh, and see the fireworks. But um, as I got older and I started dating Erica, we would just go to her house. Her family always did something. So I would always stop by there at some point during the day. And then like when we were in college, I'm sure we, like we had parties that we went to. And then, you know, when I got older, I just hung out and drank at Erica's. So. <laughs> All right, cool. Is he, you Do you get a tattoo, a Jared? <clears throat> you tat, baby. America. What, what is think? that? This is an American uh, peace sign. I wanted to celebrate 4th of July. I think it's courtesy of his niece. Yeah, it's a stick on. <laughs> so um, before you dropped off, I was saying that I forgot you were on vacation this whole last week. Yeah. 
Coming back from a week week off, week plus with the long weekend. I said, you must be so depressed right now. Just, I don't know if depressed is the right word. Just like uninspired is maybe a better word. Dude, I yeah. Like like, logging on yesterday was rough, and then today was also rough. Right. I mean, at least you have the short week. Not even because it was busy. Like it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't busy because almost everybody else is off for the fourth. It just like sucks after a week off and a fun weekend. Like, I'm just gonna go lock myself in my fucking room for the day. Right, dude. Like that's where I've had like some of my worst. Put on my shackle. Moments is coming off vacations, like and trying to get back into the rhythm of like your boring fucking life every day. It's depressing. Yeah. I'm sure it was definitely. I will say. No, keep continue, and then I'll. I was gonna say, I'm sure it was a struggle getting used to getting back to work this week. But in hindsight, it may have been worse for you getting back into the swing of things after a full week of vacation this week, leading up to your birthday. That may have been yeah. a little tougher to come down from. So I guess when you think of it that way, I guess this may be the yeah. lesser of two, lesser of two evils. It's a good spin zone. Yeah. <laughs> Only silver lining was we pretty much celebrated Fourth of July for three days straight. We had, I had a family party on Sunday at my aunt and uncle's, drank and ate all day. Um, Sunday, the actual Fourth was crappy. So I, what did I do in the morning? Oh, I think I spent my parents for breakfast. Um, and then I went out with Adam, Adam and yeah, Adam and Emma. There, no, no weeding. Met up with Adam and Emma and drank all day and night Monday. And then woke up. Was at the beach by like eight thirty a.m. Tuesday. And drank and ate all day Tuesday. So I was certainly ready for a break from nonstop drinking. And then we had the, the fireworks. And the fireworks, yeah. Yeah, so Mo's, uh, Mo's hanging on by a thread when it comes to health right now. Yeah, Lindsay and Steve are coming in, so I'll, I'll be, you know, not that they're big drinkers, but, you know, it's one of those things where you're usually having a drink during the day and, you know, a few drinks at night. So I'll feel the same way yeah. this weekend. Don't ever get a great night's sleep. No, no. They um, you guys know that like the that bracelet whoop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same thing with your. I'm sure you see it on your phone too, uh, with your watch. But like, they just say like, whenever they drink, like even if they think they get like a good sleep and they sleep for nine hours, they're like their recovery is at like fifteen percent. Because I've heard the same thing. Your body's like not even though you're sleeping, like, yeah, can't recover the same way. I have never had a good night's sleep after drinking like four to five drinks or more. Never. It's you're always tired. It's always sluggish the next morning. You don't really recover. And like, if it's like a Saturday night into Sunday, you're not really recovered until like Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. And by then you got to get ready for work. So yeah, I don't think anyone ever gets a good sleep unless you're like an alcoholic. And then I guess that's just normal. So um yeah and did it like any recklessness um mo mo good you were getting pretty lit early on yeah dude i, I got i got pretty much i got messed up on what was that monday um, no, dude, you have your days all no, fucking messed up it was sunday, sunday dude sunday yeah. is the fourth saturday uh, is the third monday yeah. my, my the- day my days are all messed up sorry <laughs> yeah so that was that was sunday that was the fourth yeah i got um i got like really fucked up at like i don't know it was maybe 2 p.m and i was like I'm drunk right now. I don't. I don't even know what happened. We had, uh, I think, like a double IPA and had a few gin and tonics, and we were out, and sun was shining, and I was like, "Holy shit, what happened?" 
but I, I chugged, chugged yeah. some waters and kept one foot grounded. So well, it ended up being nice you, that day. He chugged the water like an hour. He, he chugged yeah. the waters that he didn't knock over, <laughs> which he knocked over like five water, four or five waters. Two, two, two waters. All right. Call it I hope three. I didn't spill more than two. That'd be pretty <laughs> ridiculous. Well, we were, um, we were, yeah, we got like old, an hour of sunshine. Yeah. We were at the old port tie. Did you ever go there where I used um, to work? Yes. Cause, uh, no, it was either the port or the pier. I don't know. All right. Maybe you went to the one. pier, but it, the pier was way, older, right? Pier was older. Yeah. I think I went there with Erica. Okay. Yeah, so they they just converted that to just like a it's just a big bar with like a tiny bar menu uh, for like food. So it's like literally just like a college type bar. But yeah, they we hung out there for probably a good hour and a half on these Adirondack chairs. And I think that may have been part of the reason, Mo, because you put the chair the waters on the arms of the chair, and then you were and all I just kept knocking them. Yeah, one after one, but or one after another. But yeah, it was a Sunday was fun. Like we had clearly Did anyone else make it out. Uh no, we no. bumped we bumped into Nick Savage and Aaron and they hung out with us the rest of the night. Yeah, we went we're with them and then we went to the reef and then we went back to Moe's. We grilled up some stuff and it was like probably like eleven eleven thirty when we turned in. So um, it was a it was a full day. Didn't Emma say that you guys were going to see Cass at some point this weekend? So that was last weekend. So oh, that was last wow. Saturday, Jared. Is that when? We were there. Yeah, yeah remember Ty? You because you saw the picture of our buddy um, Lex Luther with his big, shiny bald head. You're like, oh Jesus yeah, yeah, Christ. yeah, he yes, was there. Yes, yes. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. yep. That was last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw them, but uh, cool. yeah, it was a good, good weekend. Good deal. Um, all, right, all right, we diving into our topics. We get some good meaty ones. Yeah. So let's hit. Um, you want to hit Adams first because ours are. Kind of intertwined, Jared, or what? Yeah, which that. one out of the um, two did you want to pick, Adam? Well, we got I got more thumbs up for the first one, which had to do with our boy Tucker. So I guess we can start with that. And not that it has exactly to do with, you know, your topics, but it, in a slight way, there's a little easy way to connect. But um, I shared a video with uh, you guys this morning, mostly out of jest, but it was still, you know, I thought it was still worth a watch. So Tucker Carlson, Carlson, obviously like the face of Fox News now. Uh, people are calling him the next Donald Trump, which I guess that's just they're just like desperate to find somebody to label as the next Donald Trump so they could have a common enemy. And he was on there and it was like a small clip of uh, one of his stories. And, he, and it had to do with uh, critical race theory, which has been you know, all over the, all over Fox news, especially um, over the last, all over every news, all over every news. I I feel like I hear about it more from Fox news, but I mean, certainly it's, it's everywhere. It certainly is. Um, It's picking up steam. So he proposed um, as a way to make sure that teachers are not teaching critical race theory for those of us who aren't aware of it. And to be honest, I've heard so many definitions of it in general. It depends on who you ask. If you ask, Someone on the left, they will tell you that it just highlights how a lot of the legislation in our country's history, even stuff that exists still today, was has like racial undertones to it. And then if you ask someone on the right, uh, critical race theory is telling white people that they suck and you should be ashamed to be white. So obviously there's some middle ground, but... Not even just general. that we suck, that we're all racists. Well... 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think we figure we can connect the dot there. But yeah, yeah, you're right. We're all racists, and we can never do anything to change that. And white privilege, um, you know, all that shit. So probably somewhere in the middle, we have some middle ground. Um, so he's proposing that schools put cameras in every classroom, much like a police. Every police officer has a body cam on them while they're while they're on um, on duty in order to make sure that teachers are not teaching any concepts that derive from critical race theory. So my, my main reason for bringing it up was not just for educational purposes, because it'd be easy to go there, but because of your topics having to do with a work-life balance, I figured let's talk about the workplace. Um, how would you guys... Because again, like again, we can use police officers as a perfect example. Like their job is literally filmed twenty four seven, and it's very easy to share the videos. People see the stuff all the time. I feel like in the last five or ten years, like you can look up all these videos, especially when something terrible happens, unfortunately. But every second that they're on duty, they're literally on camera. So maybe think like, well, how how would this work applied to other jobs? Not even just in education, but in regular nine to five jobs where like there's a camera in your cubicle or a camera in your office or, you know, something like that. Um, how would you guys feel if like starting next week, like you got like, you guys have a big meeting tomorrow and they say, Oh, Hey, we're uh, experimenting with cameras um, in different parts of the offices. We're not going to tell you where they are. And um, yeah, we're just going to carry on business as usual. Like how would, corporate America react to it, one. And two, do you think it's possible that something like that ever happens in your average day-to-day jobs, blue-collar jobs, white-collar jobs? Not even just in Pretty the United States. Pretty much happens at Amazon. Well, we know what yeah. happens in Amazon. Um, but outside of Amazon, how likely do you guys think of it uh, of it being a possibility like down the, down the road? Well, I mean... It is a possibility. Like on a lot of places, there are cameras all over every building in the country. Well, yeah, they're there for security, but anyone can go look at them. Anyone, I mean, if they record audio, anyone can get the audio. I I guess, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's security cameras. I guess that's not what I'm referring to. And I'm, and I'm not even referring to like, like there's cameras in schools, like where you know they're in the hallways. I, I don't think they pick up audio, but they certainly just monitor the hallways, but not in like individual classrooms. Like if you guys had offices, like I'm sure when, when if you guys were, were in work, right. Or going into work normally, um, you know, you would have a camera in your office possibly where you spend 90% of your time, unless you're in a meeting or talking to clients or whatever, like, do you think that could ever happen? And how would you guys react to that being on camera 24 seven, like a police officer? Well, it won't happen to me. They're not installing a camera in my house. So, well, uh, let's just, if, let's just, let's backtrack it a few years when you were in an office setting. Uh, yeah. I mean, it would be incredibly uncomfortable. I wouldn't enjoy I, it. I, I could definitely see it happening though. Like they have software um, that companies use that monitor how much like clicking activities, what apps you're using on your phone or on your computer the majority of the time to like measure employee productivity. Um, 
And obviously, like, putting a camera in your face is one step further. But it wouldn't surprise me if some companies, like, took those extreme measures. Obviously, I wouldn't be comfortable. I wouldn't be cool with it. I'd be more um, efficient. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Definitely be more, be more efficient and more productive. Well, that, and that's kind of where like, like I'm getting at. Like, I, I feel like it would have an impact, and I don't think most people would be okay with it. I mean, I know in my job, I certainly wouldn't be okay with having a camera in my room. You know, it's not like I'm doing anything in there that, I mean, my door's open 95% of the time. So anybody can just walk in or they, I'm super loud as you guys know. So everyone hears me, but just to have a camera on me at all times, just in my room where I spend again, 90 to 95% of my day. I mean, that would definitely worry me a little bit because I don't know, things get taken out of context, you know, here, you know, an administrator hears something, they think it's this, but it's, I didn't mean it in that way. And then they can put their own spin on it. Obviously it's different for me because I'm, I'm talking at people literally the entire day. But like, like you said, I think that that's a good point. Like the, the productivity, like I could see this in like a, a China, like a type of type of country. Oh, it it already exists in China. Which, dude. Everybody yeah, is so. spied on 24 seven. You have a social score, right? Your, your productivity, Adam, technology. Your, your productivity wouldn't change. Well, I have 30 cameras essentially looking at me all the time with the kids. So like, yeah, I can't just like slouch and like do nothing. Well, not even that. Just like, I mean, what, how would you slack off? Like, like you're, you're reading your lesson plans. You're doing that kind of stuff. Like what would they define for you as like, oh, you're slacking off. It could be like my teaching methods. They could be like, hey, I see that, you know, you showed slides like Google slides for the second day in a row. We should talk about this. You should be differentiating instruction, this or that. Like, I guess like that yeah. could happen. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think the whole point, right. With Tucker Carlson's comments were more around, like we should be censoring. And this is where I have a problem with it. We should be censoring and controlling what our teachers are allowed to say and be spying on them. Like legit, like 1984 esque censorship big brother stuff and like what i fuck hate about all this is like they literally throw out everything that supposedly conservatives stand for as soon as the social wars their um, culture wars involved just to try and like make the other side look bad it's like you guys must be the party of freedom don't take my guns but put a camera on every teacher in america like that doesn't add up yeah and and you're absolutely right jared i guess i was trying to link it more to what you guys are talking about i was trying to steer away from the critical race theory part but yeah like i totally agree it's to like keep teachers from again depending on the side you're looking at if you're looking at from a conservative point of view to keep someone like me from saying hey all of you white kids in here you guys are inherently racist doesn't matter what you do any at any point in the rest of your life you will always have this bedrock of racism because this whole country was built on racism. Like, yeah. I mean, when you, when he puts it like that, of course that just sounds insane. And uh, I mean, we've demonstrated multiple times how this is happening. It is happening. A lot of places. It is. Unless, unless you talk to that lady that said critical race theory is not being taught in schools. And then she proceeds to go on and explain exactly what critical race theory is. And says like, no, I'm just doing it. This, they're just putting their own little spin on it. Yeah. It's all semantical. And yeah, I totally agree, Jared. Like I'm so annoyed. Like I, 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 like I just said, I do think it's like important 
that like, you know, we resist some of this craziness that is being taught in schools, whether it's fucking critical race theory or not, whatever you want to call it. This race essentialism bullshit is terrible. But like I all they like you're exactly right. The only fucking reason Republicans care about this is because it helps their, you know, red it's red meat for their base. Like and yeah. they just decided just like we rail on Democrats for it's like all right, like this is our talking point. Like this is going to be a pillar of our campaign in 2022 uh 2022 and 2024. Yeah. They like, were talking is, about it the entire time I was at the gym today. The entire yeah, time. That's all they that's all they care to talk about. It's like, guys, I mean, just fucking move on. Hey, like hey, hey. And, and I honestly, I don't even think that Tucker Carlson like believes and writes his own shit at this point for like him to say something like that. He must just have a team of writers that writes this stuff and say, what's going to be extremely polarizing to get great reviews and everybody talking about it. And he says it because he's a great entertainer. I don't think he believes anything that comes out of his mouth at this point. Well, it was the same when Bill O'Reilly was the face of Fox News. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I never watched like even a clip of Bill O'Reilly other than the "We're doing it live" <laughs> as the as the only clip I ever saw of him. Yeah, I watched a handful of them just visiting Ty and I's grandparents, and of course that would be on every night. Um, yeah, I mean, and and Tucker's taken over that mantle. So yeah, I'm sure that they're, they're just, they're just uh, feeding them partisan shit to like, like Ty said, to just serve up some nice red meat for the base. And, and if the, the script were flipped, you would hear Tucker Carlson saying how authoritarian and how demagogish and how insane it is that Democrats want to put cameras, you know, in our kids schools you know, and where, where's the trust in, in the institution of education? Like, they, they would just take the exact opposite stance. I mean, dude, the, the script was flipped when it was the Southern General Statues. They're saying, we can't rewrite history. History is what it is. We still need to teach our kids. And obviously, like, critical race theory is a little more controversial than that. But they took the exact opposite approach, and it was something that their voters cared about. <laughs> it's such a joke, dude. It's, it's such a joke. And people just eat it up. Yep. Sad. Um, all right, so we'll transition. Um, we'll, we'll stick to uh, workplace discussions. But so I had this on like my list a couple weeks ago, and we just never got to it. But um, I wanted to talk about work-life balance. And when I brought it up to Erica, she was, you know, trying to or be rightly so, like trying to pin me down on like, you know, specific things, like you know like what you would think of work-life balance as being is, Hey, like how long am I asked to work? Like, how does my company treat me, et cetera, et cetera. And that was certainly part of what I'm talking about, but I'm also talking about like, um, kind of, I guess what you were getting at Jared, which is like, you know, society in America and our behavior, right? Like it, it is like self-enforced. Like we tell ourselves that like work is, not the end all be all, but it's very important. And yeah, you know, you need to make money and provide, right. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, so I just thought to myself, like, how do you, how do you even have the conversation and know where the line is to say to yourself, like, when do I stop chasing this and trying to do more and balance that with like, just enjoying my life and like, not, letting work be the end all be all and so i want to start with like the first part you brought up about like kind of the 
true concept of like work-life balance of like, Hey, when are you wrapping your day up? Are you taking like working at night? Are you answering emails on your vacation? Cause I, I think that itself, like that's pretty polarizing that you get a hundred different answers, maybe not a hundred, but like very different answers depending on who you ask. Like, I think most people have no problem. And I'm just, only can use like our reference where we work. And when I worked at Tulip, have no problem at all working late or answering emails on the weekend and sending emails on the weekend. And when they're on vacation, taking conference calls and sending emails, I'd say out of people we work with 85, 90% of people like don't set those boundaries and have no semblance of work-life balance. I don't know if you see the same thing, Ty. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't agree with that. I mean, no, no. I, I mean, I can just speak from my own experience and like working with people at Schneider and, and sales is like, there are a lot of people who like run out the door at 5 PM. <laughs> yeah. I guess inside sales was definitely different. Yeah. I'm yeah. picturing more like people I work with now. Yeah, exactly. I think like, as you, get up into management and stuff like that and there's more responsibility i do i i would tend to agree with you and my my colleagues now like you you probably see that and and sales executives in the field like they're crazy like yeah you know they'll work a whole like nine to five on saturday and like sunday's their day off but like they're available for a call if need be and what what do you think about people who like don't set those boundaries do you think they're doing the right thing. Are they doing the wrong thing? Do you think it's kind of just hey, preference and more power to you and do whatever you want? Like, is there a right way to do it? Do you think they're setting a bad example for the rest of us? Like ruining the party for the rest of us and making us look bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, making it look like you're, ex- you're expected to go above and beyond and give up your vacations and weekends and nights when needed. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it's, in a, you know, a semblance of setting some bar higher than it should be, I think is what you're trying to say. So, I mean, no, ultimately I would say like more kind of the more power to you, like, Hey, if you want to give up your weekends and shit like that, like that's fine. And I think it comes, that comes down to like me being able to, I'm responsible for setting my own boundaries. You know what I mean? And yeah. I have to be willing to accept that that may hold me back if I don't want to work on weekends or whatever or, you know, that I have to be a little more lenient with work if I want to, you know, get to a position that I feel like I may enjoy or, you know, find fulfilling. So I think it's a very, like, push-pull, like, the line kind of moves, I think. So so I agree with you. I I think the um, only point I would challenge you with a little bit is I do think there's a lot of people out there who work their nights and weekends occasionally and take calls on vacation, even though they don't want to because they feel like they're supposed to. Like the people, the, no doubt, no doubt, yeah, no doubt. Like, I, I think I agree. We should have the autonomy and agency to say, "Hey, I'm setting up boundaries." And I think like I've gotten to the point in my career where now I don't give a fuck, not in a bad way, but like, a, "Hey, I'm confident enough in my career where I know I'm not going to get fired for not answering an email when I'm on vacation." And yeah. like other people, like who also aren't going to get fired for not answering an email on vacation, don't have that discipline to turn it off when they need to turn it off and are always checking the email. It's night. Even Adam, even you, you were really, you're really bad at this. You check your work email all the time and answer emails all night long. If kids email you. 
Yeah, I guess that doesn't really bother me as much as it would bother you, but I'd never like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I work with that young age and like there's certain kids that will email me that I ignore because I get peppered with them. But there are other kids that like legitimately have questions. You know, it's genuine. Yeah. And I'm just sitting on the couch like, all right, it's so easy. Like, you know, there was a time when when you left your work computer you didn't have another device that you could easily yeah. access to email and, and talk to clients, employees, employers, whatever. And, and, and not even just that, dude. When we were in school, teachers didn't have work computers. No. We no. couldn't email our teacher. Well, no. Well, yeah, but wouldn't not. you say, Adam, and you kind of uh, led on to it, that like in general, when they're emailing you, like it, it's a pretty simple response where like if Jared gets an email or something like that, it could be about a million well, and a half different things, right? I'm getting emails from 12 year olds and you guys are getting Ex- emails exactly. from people making like over six figures. So yes, it's much more complicated for you guys than it is for me. And that's- And, and so that's why like, you know, for you, maybe it's just like a, an easier thing for you to say like, hey, I, I know this is a, a genuine request. I don't mind like, you know, making the, the quick effort. Which is yeah. a good thing. Like I'm sitting that. on my couch at nine o'clock, or nine, well, sometimes nine, but sometimes it's like seven. Like, all right, I'm on my phone anyway. Whatever, I'll check this. I'll make sure you submitted that. It's whatever, you know. Because you don't, you don't feel at all that it sets a bad precedent that you're always available. Well, again, so reply like, immediately. I mean, I don't apply like reply within like seconds. I mean, like there's times within an hour or so. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind that. I, I again, I, and I think it's just for my specific field. Like it, it's, it's different for me. Like if there's a kid that has an assignment due tomorrow and they have a question about something, I want them to hand that assignment in. So if that, if me answering that question helps them with that, then that's fine. If it's a kid that never hands in work and all of a sudden wants extra credit, all right. Yeah. Well, that's a very different story. And I think like the team that I work on, we've been very consistent, especially with this past year, because it was a shit show with COVID, like, you know, not being like, we, we were very lenient with a lot of things with like kids tech and all that. But um, you, you always know, like every year, you, it doesn't take long to figure out who the heavy hitters are and, and who are the ones that, that are just not going to do anything until like the last second. And then they're going to try to just hand in a bunch of shit. So like, yeah, there's like, and like I said earlier, like there's certain, I'll get emails from certain kids. I will literally, I'll, I won't delete it, but I will keep it there. I'll just, I'll just let it go. Cause I even know the parents, even if I don't respond to this email, I know I'm not going to get blowback from parents, but if a kid emails me and then emails me again, and they're like a good student, I'm not going to get like yelled at by a parent, but I'll, they may email like, Hey, my daughter or son had a question. And, and again, if it's like nine o'clock, nine 30, 10 o'clock, generally, I don't answer after that. I try to tell them that at work at school, but like if it's like five or six o'clock and they're working on something that I signed, I don't really mind. And, yeah. and, and to Ty's point, like I was saying before, like I'm dealing with children and you guys are dealing with people like where it could be something super serious. That's like super time sensitive. Now that may be something that may not, it can, maybe it's not, you know, possible to handle it over email and you just have to wait until the next day anyway. But it's a much bigger fire to put out, I'm sure, from your guys' end, which makes it even, which incentivizes you even less to answer at that time. So I, there's definitely a difference in, in um, you know, when it comes to the careers here. Yeah, it could it, just, uh, like, trigger me. <laughs> I just that, don't... That's what I was going to say, yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. It's not like, uh, oh, like I, I need, I, f I feel compelled to take care of this necessarily. It's more like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like that came back up. Like I, I forgot yeah. that was even an issue. Like, and now you're kind of thinking about it all night. That, like, yeah. that's why, I, you know, I. But you can easily happen. You like read an email at nine o'clock and you start oh, thinking I'm about it until yeah. 1130 at night as you're laying in bed. Yeah. But, exactly. but Adam, so as you, as you said that, it made me think. I think maybe the difference isn't so much that you're getting easier questions. It's kind of like the way that success is measured in your job versus the way success is measured in our job. Like you being a successful teacher is making your students successful, right? Correct. So you have additional motivation and account self influenced accountability that you want to do everything you can to help the kids who want to be successful. Right. I think if you look at like, ties and eyes way that we're measured successfully it's about like a billion different random political like things that could pop up at any moment that we don't always have our heart in to say i really want to help this person right, right. like i'm going to sleep great at night knowing i help this person it could be an annoying customer giving you a hard time it could be your boss busting your balls it could be a coworker who's asking you the same question for the fourth time because they didn't listen the first three times so i think that's a big part of it too like you feel like all right like you from do eight, a good from job. eight to five like i'm compelled you know what i mean to sure exactly. deliver the best level of service possible no matter how annoyed i am exactly yeah. exactly so that that's the thing right is like you know, yeah, I don't even, there's a million fucking ways I could go with this. So I wanted to bring up two things because I'm going to forget. So one, I genuinely, a lot of times feel bad for people that do that. And I know it's their choice, so I shouldn't feel bad. But there are certain people like maybe that I'm closer with or whatever that, you know, do that to themselves and work these crazy hours. And I'm just like, like, man, like, I can almost guarantee you you're going to look back and regret and yes, that. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. Right. Or if you're, I agree with if, you. you're, if you don't look back and regret that, like, I still kind of feel bad for you that that's like your fullest life that you feel like you lived. I, I don't know. Like, not yeah. again. Like, it, it's just laughable because, like, you know, there are some weekends where, you know, we do absolutely fucking nothing. Nothing. But to me, it's like gratifying, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like to me, like that's how I want to spend my time. Right. Exactly. To your it's, point, it's Jared, yeah. As not it getting be. paid now, like technically you could argue like salary, I, I guess is like, you know, I guess it's still for 40 hours a week. So, you know, or 45 hours a week or whatever. So I'm not getting paid to fucking work Saturday and Sunday. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if it's like a, a very critical thing and I know in advance that I'm going to need to look out for an email on the weekend, like I'll do that. But I don't make habit of it at all. Yeah. Here, here's a question for you guys. And this is obviously specifically for you guys because you both started out in the same area. Like you were in the call center, right? Yeah. Like I was started everyone's... doing the same position. Okay. Did you guys ever feel pressure from people above you that like, Hey, I know this is what we're asking you to do. It'd be like, if I'm like explaining a rubric to my students, like, Hey, here's meeting the standard. Here's the, the bare minimum of what I expect, but here's what you could do to exceed the standard. Like, did you guys ever feel pressure from anyone to go above and beyond what you were asked to do? And if so, how long did you feel 
it was necessary to do that. Like, in, cause you, you reach like what, five to seven years into Schneider, like give or take, I don't know exactly. But like, at what point were you like, all right, I don't need to do this much more, um, you know, exert that much more effort than I already am. I don't think I ever got pressured to exceed expectations. Like the way I looked at it early in my career, and I'm sure Ty, you felt the same way. Like, okay, we're making shitty money answering phones in a call center and we have our whole career ahead of us with a lot of room for growth. I want to exceed expectations so I can make more money, get more responsibility, get a job. I actually am like challenge and enjoy myself. And I think that's probably stayed in my head through most of my career more than somebody saying like, Hey Jared, I know you're doing your job and I need to do more. I don't know if I've ever had that happen. I don't know if you feel the same way, Ty. I mean, I, I could have just regurgitated the same exact words that you said. Which, it's definitely not. Which I figured. In, in, <laughs> I would say largely in corporate America. And, and I don't know. So you never experienced that at all at Tulip that you needed to do more? You know, you never. No, it, it, it was always somebody like come just coming in with their ego, like trying to say, like, you need to do it differently. Okay. You didn't do it this way. I think you should do it this way. Like, I never wanted some, somebody say, like, Jared, you're not doing enough. They'd be the bullshit of like, it's Saturday. I need this done because the CEO asked me to and I'm not doing it. So you're doing it. Have it done by Sunday night. But like that's different than like, hey, you're not meeting expectations or exceeding expectations. Yeah, I, I definitely don't. I've never gotten pressure about that, but that's exactly what it is. Even if you don't get pressure, whether it and it may be self-imposed or it may be like just kind of an undertone thing. Like it's it's hey, it's this is part of the company culture. You you're you're gonna move up like to Jared's point faster, right? And make more money quicker. If you volunteer and you like raise your hand and do stuff or, you know, you exceed expectations of your daily responsibilities, um, you know, so which I don't have a problem with. Like, that's how it should be. Yeah. And, and Ty, I'm sure you would agree. Like, that's certainly not the majority of people. I'd say that's probably 20 percent of our peers at most of our levels of our career. Well, doesn't who want to exceed. Yeah. Yeah. It, it connects to your, to your other point. Totally. Right. So like, I, I guess like, do we just get to a certain point in your career, like in our career where we just say like, okay, I'm done playing that game. I'm done doing the, I'm going to try to be the best, you know, whatever I am, I can be, you know, and play the politics and all that shit. Like, when do you kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, I when mean, do you say enough's enough and just relax and so differently i mean i'm sure there's some people that like you said like they they live for their jobs and that is literally the first thing that they would say about themselves which i think is like that's kind of a american culture i guess in general but yeah i mean i think there's plenty of people that literally live for their line of work whether it's something that is like a passion of theirs or no matter what the job is they just want to go above and beyond whether it actually helps them or not but like everyone's wired so differently with that shit. But I think more people tend to be like where you guys are. And obviously you guys are both very hardworking people and you guys have done very well in your short time at Schneider. But like you said, like you have never been like, you know, all right, I need to get this done on Saturday afternoon and be ready for like, you know, like yeah, it's almost like the I, sad part is yeah, doing the quote unquote extra work that it takes to be, you know, in that 20% it's not that much like no it's it's not giving up your nights and weekends sometimes no. people who do that are honestly just like really bad at managing their time 
and work harder instead of like knowing what to care about and what to not care about. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure that comes with years of, you know, experience in the job. You kind of, obviously you guys have figured it out. Like not, not, not what you can get away with. That's not the right way to say it, but like, you know, like, all right, I know exactly what I need to do between my 40 to 45 hours of work, whatever it is. It's like you said, Jared, so I don't have to be catching up. But like you said, I'm sure there's many people that like shit. If I only did this more on Thursday, I wouldn't be looking at this Saturday night or Sunday afternoon, something like that. And and I think eventually, and we'll tie, we have to circle back to your question, but like, I think eventually I realized like you only have so many fucks to give throughout a day for lack of a better term of like things you can actually put invested time into, right? Like if you have say 12 hours of work, things pop up in a nine hour day, like you need to say, here's what I'm going to prioritize. Here's what I'm actually going to care about. Cause I know this is what either customers are going to care about. My boss is going to care about my teammates going to care about and the other shit is really not that important. If I get to it tomorrow, I get to it tomorrow. Right. Or I get to it on Monday. And there's definitely a lot of that shit where it's like, Hey, like if you don't have discipline, you may think all this needs to be dealt with immediately, but it doesn't really. No, it may just be an asshole who's like just trying to make I mean, you do it as fast as possible. And maybe that's part of you know the twenty percent getting in. And when I say twenty percent, I'm referring to you saying you know only twenty percent of the you know workforce in a given company is going to be you know trying to excel. So yeah. being in that twenty percent, some of it is just about like innate like nature right like you know like that's a fucking basic instinct of someone to like when they see something like that come at them like it's a very natural thing to say okay let me organize my tasks from top to bottom in order of like priority level yeah you know what i mean like that that's a at least to me like it, it it's something i don't think about but to your point you either have it or you don't exactly like that's a very difficult learned skill if you don't have it like i'm sure there's a lot of people all those things come in and they get overwhelmed and they're like stressed because they're stressed yeah right they're they're not productive for an hour because they're sitting there in their own head thinking how am i going to get this done how am i going to get this done as opposed to just like working through it right yeah i mean yeah so it it is a hybrid of that but go ahead yeah so to get back get back to your question of like throughout your career kind of when do you say like is it enough is enough and obviously i can only comment on like my work experiences throughout and i'll be like super candid and transparent about like how i viewed my career throughout like i said early on i was super motivated wanted to be like the number one wanted to make more money wanted more responsibility um and that honestly like continued through my career i would say until probably things started to suck at tulip um, and I think what changed is it was never like, I never felt like, Oh, I have enough money. I don't care as much, or I'm making enough money. I don't care as much. It was like, why should I care so much and be so emotionally invested when nobody else actually cares what I'm doing, what the outcome is. Right. Like, it's not that they don't care about the company or they don't care about me, but like, it's very hard to, at least for me, in my last few jobs, been very hard to be fully emotionally invested, say I will do anything to make this successful. But at the end of the day, whether it's my boss or you know the leadership above him or whoever really doesn't give a fuck and I'm dealing with pennies when they're dealing with, you know, the big potatoes, 
that's what's made me check out the most in my career. Like it certainly hasn't been the money. Like my time when I was in the Philippines and I had more money than I knew what to do with, I didn't have any bills. Right. And I made good money. Like that was some of the time I worked my hardest and was like really proud of what I was doing. And it felt like I was part of something. I was like, you know, working towards something. Put your stamp on. Yeah. So I I don't know if that makes sense the way I explained it. I think that's kind of been my last few jobs like Tulip. I would work for a gaslighting boss who just like told me everything I wanted to hear, but I knew he was lying to my face. He was a pathological liar. Like all the things he said, we were going to invest in your team and this and that, and it did not pay us. Like I knew why should I give a fuck when they don't give a fuck. And, and even like my last job as the product manager for like our industrial portfolio. So Adam, it was like newer products that didn't do a ton of revenue. And like my boss out of one year would be like, all right, Jared, like you really got to make these successful. These are super important. But at the end of the day, I knew that they weren't super important at all, and they were totally set up for failure. And I was only going to you were just getting stiff armed left and right, trying. Yeah, yeah, I was only going to move the needle a tiny, tiny bit. Like that, those products being successful had nothing to do with the amount of effort I was putting into the job. That doesn't mean I slacked off. I still think I did a great job in the role, but it made it very hard for me to say like, I'm all in on this, and and I want to keep like pushing myself. So I think that's two important things. Is a it's not necessarily the money that makes you say I'm done. I don't, I'm, you know, enough's enough kind of thing. It can very much just be, you know, your attitude towards, you know, things like effort and how they lead to, you know, success and what you're doing, you know, and how are you going to be this emotionally invested when you look to your left and look to your right and no one's putting in that same emotional investment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then leadership's not even acknowledging that emotional investment. You know, it's all about numbers at the end of the day. You know, it can very much be that and not money. And then also, like, when you say, okay, like, I've kind of just come to this internal realization that enough's enough. And and not meaning like I'm just going to stay in this job forever, but I'm not going to pursue, you know, my career above all else. Like, yeah, this is not my first priority. Um, it doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you still don't do a great job, right? You know what I mean? Like you said, like you didn't slack off. That's not what this means. It's like, you know, very much just a philosophical like approach to, you know, work and then how you view work on the day to day is like building box towards, you know, a, a bigger and better career. And like, how, yeah. how focused are you on that? So it doesn't mean you like slack off or don't do shit. Like you, you know, we're still going to try to be, you know, great at what we do, but you know, it'll just be, we'll be less emotionally invested in it and less, you know, caring about it. And I think that's a, that's a healthy thing. Yeah. I think I mean, too much of anything, whether it be work or certain kinds of foods or, you know, alcohol, drugs, like too much of anything, even good things is not good. So like, in, and like you said, like with, with work, if you just invest yourself entirely into your work and it's 90% of your identity, if you're like had a pie chart, like literally 90% of it is just what your job is. Yeah. I don't think that's healthy at all. And maybe those people end up being super successful, but it doesn't mean it's healthy for you. It doesn't mean it's good for you internally. Like, I guess the only way it'd be good for you is if you're doing something you truly, truly love. Like, I, I bet you, even though I'm sure like Sagar like really enjoys his vacations and stuff, like s- people like him and Crystal who get to do things that, you know, it's not really work to them, 
Like they probably work 70 hour weeks sometimes, but they're not like pissed about it because they're emotionally invested together in what they do. And they're doing something every day that like they actually enjoy doing. And, you know, they feel like they're making an impact, kind of like yeah, it's we talked about how Adam feels can, about his job. they be proud of. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. How many people do you think end up in a career that they are head over heels for, though? Like the like passion of 0.5%. theirs ends up being... Right. And, well, and I think there needs to be, not, not to cut you off, but I think there needs to be a big distinction between doing something you love for work and loving what you do. Because you're always told like that cheesy saying, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And like, then you see people who get into a business that was a hobby, whether it's they open up a bakery or they start a business and they're working more than ever, their family life goes to shit, etc. cetera. Or I think if you were to look at like Crystal and Sager, I think they're just very engaged and proud of what they're creating. And I think that can allow you to love your work without like, I guess in that, that maybe that's not the best example because I'm sure talking politics like is kind of their passion, but I, but I, I don't know. I just like, Absolutely. that's the thing, right? So think about what, what job, let's just take our company. Like what job in our company could you ever see yourself doing where you can say like, I love what I do. There isn't one. Right. There, there's, there's, I don't think there's one in any corporate job out there. I mean, even outside of a corporate job, like anything that's going to, you know, make you a living. Yeah. Like I can't, like, unless it's like, again, and this is like an art form. This is like a, you know, almost being an athlete. It's like if I could be on radio, if I could do talk shows or podcasts and make a living, I'd enjoy that. I don't think I'd be able to see that as like, work and this is awful i mean again like like everyone you would enjoy your vacations but it's something i would enjoy doing but again that's like 0.5 sure. percent of the population yeah. are athletes or you know political talk show hosts or you know podcasters or whatever and, and even all those guys look at kirk like i'm sure he enjoyed what he was doing at one point on the radio but he got to the point where he had to say f it i'm going to work for myself to really enjoy what he was doing again like i think even though eventually those become jobs yeah Unless it's um, something that you want to do, you're building something you're proud of, not what your boss is telling you to do. Yeah. So before but we the, wrap, the, no, no, I was I was going to ask the question because I think it could actually apply to Adam's like uh, career perspective too. Like Adam, like we've brought up the conversation like in passing about like, hey, would you ever get into administration? Like that's a good example of hey, would you take more stress for more pay? and how you weigh those pros and cons. I mean, if you ask me right now, I would say I wouldn't because I see what my administrators deal with on, well, not as much this year. They didn't really do have to do that much, to be honest. Um, But when things ramp up again, yeah. I mean, principals make pretty good money, but they, they deal with a lot of bullshit. And I don't know... They have this thing. It's like they call it like the six year itch where like people will like six or seven years into their teaching career. A lot of them will go get their master's and, and they'll try to become like a dean of students or an assistant principal. It just tends to happen like early on. But I never really felt the itch to actually do that. I'm I'm going into my seventh year. So um what, why though? Like why, why do you not think it's worth the extra stress and and drama. It, it may be worth it, but I, I like what I do. Like I really do. Like I, I just, 
you guys know I'm a creature of habit with like little, like schedules and consistency with like things, especially with, with work and, and all that. I like doing that. And I feel like it's a hard transition to, to, you know, get my master's, get more student loan debt, jump into that. And then be like, Oh man, I didn't like this as much as I thought I would. Like I, I sure. enjoy it's definitely with, a risk. I enjoy being with the kids. And I feel like with teaching, I mean, I do love it. I mean, it's not like I didn't, I wasn't growing up saying like, I wanted to be a teacher. It was definitely a second or third choice for a career. And I, f- I feel like with teaching, like, I don't know. I feel like there's not a ton of people who get into that and they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll just dick around in a school or whatever. Like the pay's not great. Yeah. Uh, you have to have a good amount of patience dealing with, you know, some asshole kids pretty much every day. So like, it's not like a career, like you just be like, oh, I'll just do this for a while when I get my bearings. Like you, at, for the most part, some you, you legitimately like teaching and you like your subject matter and you just like seeing the, like the, the growth throughout the year with, with your students. So like, it's definitely a more specific kind of career. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I ever see myself chasing more money in education because that means I would have to leave the classroom. And I, I like the classroom. Sure. I like to stay in the classroom. Um, I think Ty, it's fair. We, yeah, yeah. Ty, before we wrap things up, I just want to throw this out really quick. So um, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but like if you, I don't know if it's cliche or not. I don't even know if it's really true, but like, if you were to ask, if you met a stranger, you're at a bar, you're at a restaurant, you're at a get together, whatever. And you ask someone, so tell me about yourself. Like, what's like the first thing that most Americans will tell you? Yeah. You say, what do you do? What do you do? Like, yeah. Right away, hey, what do you like, do? Right, I, I work at Schneider. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm a teacher. I work at Schneider, whatever. I don't know if this is true, but like they say, like, if you that's ask. Not, that's people, not what I say. What do you say? So I host a podcast on <laughs> available everywhere you get your podcast. If you were to ask someone from Europe, I don't know if you guys are, but like, if you say, Hey, what do you do? Like the first few things they don't say, or, or, or that they say are not work related. Now, I don't know. Maybe if like they're, they're, ho- their hobbies, yeah, things like yeah. that. I don't know if that's true or not. Cause I never actually went up to a European person many times and like asked, like, tell me about yourself. But I believe the concept of it is very true. Sure. Yeah. And it got me thinking like, and that's why I wanted to share that article back from March. So Spain uh, approved this pilot for a four day work week for a handful of businesses. I don't think the entire country right away just went to a four day work week. That would be fucking wild. But like several companies were chosen to pilot this four day work week. Now it's not like four days, 40 hours, it's four days, 32 hours, same pay, same benefits. And I was having trouble finding articles, you know, that went over how it's going. And to be honest, I don't even know if it's actually started yet, but like, I think it's cool that they actually are trying that on not just like in a town or a city, they're trying it in a pretty big country in Spain, as we, as we, all three of us know, having traveled there, I mean, it's a really cool place, but like the old, the, the age old thinking of, of work in Europe has always been like, all right, like, yeah, people work and, you know, they get their shit done. But I mean, when I visited Sweden, there's, they get like two months off. Like yeah, dude, that's like all of Europe. They're like, they you get the are whole not, summer off. Yeah. Like you are not working. Like you're going to get your full salary, but you are literally not allowed to come into work for like the next month and a half to two months. 
And that's just normal. That's just common. And it just, it's so weird to think of that happening in the United States. So I just thought it was interesting to, to, to bring up the fact Jared's that going to be there soon enough. I, I mean, <laughs> he can't complain. How awesome does a 32 hour work week for like for you guys? Because I guess if you if you yeah. fact, I mean, I mean, they're like eight hours a week, but it's, it's like eight hours a day throughout the week. But like when I'm actually teaching, it's like six and a half. So let's around when I'm working now. But for you guys, especially 40 to 45 hour work weeks going to 32, everything else stays the same. I mean, I, and in the article is like, just because you're working more hours doesn't mean you're being more productive. So if you yeah, had less yeah. time to work with. Well, that's kind of horseshit, though. I call bullshit on that. Well, and, well, so why do you call bullshit? I don't I don't I, I've never worked in a corporate um, think about, life lifestyle, but you guys yeah. know better than I do. Like, what do you think? Do you, know, do you think going from a 40 to a 32 hour work week would keep production the same or do you think it would decline quite a bit? Or like, what do you guys think? I mean, I can't say to the, I can't speak to the rate of the decline, but it would decline because of like of the things we just talked about over the last hour or whatever. Like the, the number of tasks and responsibilities don't change, just like your pay doesn't change. Just the hours you have to get them done declines. So we just talked about how like it's not something a practice that everybody does to get a bunch of tasks that need to be done in a short period of time and strategically prioritize them right and get the high priority ones done first even if they take longer like you don't go down and do like of course not like the the average worker would not be able to handle the same amount of work they have now in eight less hours a week i don't believe that i I, I agree with you but i wonder but i will say What's up, Jared? I was just going to say, but for the summer's off thing, I genuinely believe if I knew I had six weeks or eight weeks off every summer, say July and August, you would get way more engagement and an effort out of me for the rest of the year, knowing I had that to work towards. You can do that now. We can't take two months off for the summer, dude. Yes, you could. How can I Schneider would let you. In our company, you could. Well, so that that's like another interesting point. Schneider's launched all these programs, right, about like flexibility at work, work part time, take a recharge break. But have you ever heard an actual person like in the business even reference them and then suggest you take them? Or is it only HR and like their little email blast that reference them? Because I've never heard any of my leadership ever say, hey, guys, I highly encourage you to work part time this summer. Well, why would management highly encourage that you work part time? Or even acknowledge that it's an option. Like my I've never seen my leadership even reference any of those like new policies that they came out with. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure they're for the reasons that you're thinking about, but if I were a manager, like I, I would I would think to my I think to myself now that's more the responsibility of the worker to bring it up to the manager and then for the manager to help facilitate that for them as opposed to like the manager being an advocate of all these programs. You think it's more on the manager? No, I just, I think you need both. Like I think if Schneider really cares about you want to have a a more engaged workforce with more flexibility, feels like they have more work-life balance, they can juggle, you know, modern life or whatever they call it. I want managers educating employees that we are giving you options so employees know they exist no Schneider cares. The employees stick around. And then it's up to the employees to decide is this something I'm interested in looking more into and discussing or not. 
Uh, so you don't. Th- what, what would your boss say? And you just, I guess, think of like this one in the last couple. Like, if you said, like, "Hey, man, I have five weeks of PTO. Like, I kind of have this thing where you know, I, I just use it all at once. I go on a on a trip during the month of June." Like, I mean, they're your days to use. I mean, but I, there's, there's no, there's no way that, that that would fly. Like, I think at the end of the day, well, they what still would they need do? To be, like, fire they still you? need to be, a, they still need to be approved. So they would just not approve them. Okay. Yeah, you're right. And, and then right. if they didn't approve them and I still took them, then yeah, they'd probably fire yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I, I, I forgot kind of about the whole approval process. Uh, yeah. But I mean, but we I could would, take, like, we take, we could take three weeks off if we needed to. I think three three weeks would be about as far as you could push it, and you'd get the like, all right, man. But I mean, like, be honest. If you had fucking two months off, dude, you would go stir crazy. You'd be no, like, I would. Yeah. I would go backpack Europe or something like that for it. I wouldn't stay home for it. I, It'd I, be cool for like yeah. doing a trip. Yeah, I I guess like for you, right? And like, I, I'm sure I would like to do something similar if I had the opportunity, but. Like most of most people, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to, to like, because I'm sure they don't have other PTO they can use. Maybe they do. Maybe they, but I would think if you're going to give them two months off in the summer, you're expected to be at work the other days of the year. At, at least not taking a vacation time. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what I mean. So like, I don't like that. I'd be forced to take like my vacation, like my vacation during a certain time and that I can't, you know what I mean? Like what the hell do they do when, people get married and shit like that. And you got to take days off or get to travel. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it could be that they have vacation days too, but I'll, I'll let you but, know how it goes next year when I'm getting married. Are you, are you European? No, <laughs> we were talking about, so, he was talking yeah. about in Europe. <laughs> oh, they were talking about, you not being able, you guys not, you Ty just said he, you wouldn't like not being able to pick what days. If he was European on. and we only got the summer off, but couldn't right, take other PTO you. off. Gotcha. I mean, I guess Adam's right. That's basically what he is. Yeah, Yeah, it's the same thing. Well, I wouldn't call it a plate. I'm not going to say it's a plate. It's a it's a fucking awesome. And it's a great. And you have a few weeks off during the year randomly, which are nice. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not going to complain about that. I still would like the ability to like, hey, instead of me taking the shittiest month of the year off it like weather wise in February, it'd be nice to be able to take that and like, hey, let's. Push it into Give you five five vacation days. Sure, which I have personal days, but like they're like very strict about how I use them and yeah. stuff, which I get because we get time off and that's a nice perk. So not 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 upset about it. But yeah, I mean, I would like the flexibility that you guys have in terms of picking when the days are. But yeah, it'd be a little different me being on summer break working a random job for two months as opposed to Jared taking two straight months off of PTO <laughs> known going to backpack. So Europe. as we end it, Jared, are you, did you already say you're at the point where enough is enough? You're done. I don't know if I'd say I'm done. I think <laughs> right, my, my age of 29 turning 30, I'm done. <laughs> you know I'm does. already done, man. <laughs> There's people working till they're 70. <laughs> no, I don't. I, he knows that. You know, I'm just talking about the whole, everything we just talked about. Like the whole, no, thing, I, I think, Like I certainly you're not doing recent... van life. You're not doing van life, and it's because you're still a corporate bitch. 
my my most recent job I took was solely for the pay increase. Like I knew it wasn't going to be like something I really really enjoy or want to do long term. Um, but neither was the last thing you were doing. Well, that was to get me back into getting a paycheck. That's what I mean, right? So like again, like we talked about before, do you think you're going to find a job that you like think to yourself like I love what I'm doing? No, but I, I would hope that like next even if it's not my next role maybe my next next role would be like something i enjoyed as much as like when i managed the team in the philippines um and i even i enjoyed managing like the isrs a bit and i enjoyed like when i was a team leader you hated it when you came back and did it in west kingston no i definitely didn't hate it i was just bored like i wasn't challenged um like I did it for a year. I wouldn't want to done it forever. But I saw correct no, reference. You'd, you'd hate it for the same reasons you hated that job is because it's not all about like in the Philippines, you were like on well, you literally I was on an island. island. Yeah. But like he like you know how it is here. You gotta play yeah. the political game nonstop. If you yeah. wanna be in management, you wanna be in a position where you're leading people and yada yada, like you know you're gonna have to deal with the people who got there for the wrong reasons treat you like shit and you know you're gonna hate that yeah but i i guess what's the other options right like i'm not at the point where i can fire as much as i wish that i was um but like you could like schneider would allow you to stay in that job for 30 years if you wanted to i probably get laid off and like five or ten if i had to guess but no, at least uh, no. if at you least... were good at your job they're not gonna fire you or like yeah but, all right so I, but I, I yes i could hide in a corner for 30 years in my department without a doubt people do it right right and you would master people your do job it. you wouldn't have any stress really it would be so it would be like the back of your hand you wouldn't have to like do any sort of critical thinking or you know worry when you go away about the things you have to come back to yeah it's uh, it's a great question. Um, I, I don't ha- I don't think I have that in me to be the guy who doesn't give a fuck. It's harder for me to not give a fuck than it is for me to give a fuck, which stinks. Like I just end up like when I, when I'm not engaged in my job, I feel I think probably this is normal, but feel like unfulfilled when I'm doing it, right? And it, and like makes me want to work less. So I'd rather have a job where I have to work harder, which makes no sense. But yeah. I mean, I can't say I'm done because there's no other option, but well, you gotta remember, that, Mo, that, that's a, the, that's the end of timeline. the discussion though. Right. It's like there, it's not the end of the road. So it's either you are complacent, right? Like this is like what we just tried to figure out this whole time. And we ended up saying like, yeah, well, I have no other choice. Like I, you know, what, what other choice do I have? Like be lazy. Yeah. I can't do that. So I just keep having to accept more responsibility, you know, and trade for more pay and blah, blah, blah. And I do think there's something to be said to like humans need something to do all day. So like nobody's going to be happy, like deep down, be happy, like doing a bad job at something. Or even if you did retire early, like you'd still need something to occupy your time and give your days meaning other than family and stuff like that. So I don't think there's ever a, hey, it's over, um, at least not for happy people. I mean, maybe people who are just like no, but as that, content that, as could be. That's what I wasn't referring to that. I was just referring to the, the way we were talking about it, where you're going to give yourself more stress, push yourself 
you know, hard to be more successful and, you know, get that next role, you know, that's like, if you kind of give up on that, like, that's what I mean. Like, not like yeah. giving up, like I'm going to do a shitty job and I'm just going to be like, kick back and like do the bare minimum. I'm going to like perfect the job I'm doing, but like, this is it. I'm, Cause we, we know plenty of people like that. Like we do just, just in our company alone who are smart people could have gotten, you know, uh, roles up, up the chain. They find a little have, corner to tuck away in. But I've chosen not to. And they don't do a yeah. bad job. They're good workers, some of them. But, like, so that's, that's more what I mean. Yeah, so, so I guess if I were to summarize, I am not, like, looking ahead saying I'm at the race to the top and the most money possible by any means. We're like maybe my mindset was three or four years ago. I think now it's more find a job that I like who I work with, feel engaged and fulfilled. And if I do that job for five years, I'm totally okay with that yeah. and do a good job while That's I'm doing it. That's what's important. That is what's yeah. important, honestly, is like who you work with. And I'm sure yeah. you would say the same thing, Adam, because you get your te- the teachers, I'm sure, are all you know, fairly close. Like if you're working with a bunch of people who are just miserable all day, like it doesn't matter how much you like your job or how much you're you feel like you're great at your job, like the people around you will drag you down. Yeah. Well, especially in middle school because it's team teaching. Like I'm I'm on right. a team working with f- four or five other individuals. So yeah, I mean, I'd, the team I've been on the last couple of years has been awesome. The team I was on prior to that also is awesome. I've been very lucky, and that makes me more motivated to come into work every day and try to do a good job not just for the kids, but because I like my colleagues. So I totally agree with that. Good. I think we got to an answer there. I think that is like a legitimate answer to the yeah. whole thing is at the end of the day, you know, if that's what you care about, which that's what you care about when you get to the point where you stop trying to climb the ladder and get to the top is when you said, just say other things matter to me. I'm still going to, you know, find new jobs and, you know, advance my career and, you know, challenge myself. But yeah, I'm not going to do it at the expense of my mental well-being. No. And I think we could have a whole follow-up episode about the other perspective, which is you could say more of a narcissist perspective of all I want to do is be number one and I'll do anything to get there, which there's those people out there in the corporate world as well, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my sure. God. And I, I think once you get to a certain level of your career, I don't know I'm not quite the VP level, but I think some VPs and pretty much everybody above that, those aren't normal humans anymore. They make a lot of money and they have no semblance of separation Probably between who they are at work. Friends. Yeah, they, they're usually their family Connor lives actually or did shit. a great radar on that. Not on like you know, people who are, you know, um, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, et cetera, et cetera. But just went on to say there's a study that's showing uh, how the number of close friends people report to say in surveys is like declining. Yeah, I, I, and like it's been on a fairly same. steep decline. Yeah. Um, so that's actually like kind of part of what made me think about this. Um, you know, is like he was kind of attributing it to a little bit to st- some of the stuff we've been talking about today, which is like, you know, feeling like, you know, you need to prioritize work over other things. I, I mean, I don't know. I think social media has more to, you know, do with that probably than, than anything, but very interesting. So, sure. All right. Uh, well, good conversation. We will, uh, yeah. Good topic. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll call it, and then we'll uh, see you next week. I love you guys.